Oh yeah. Uh, uh, feels good. Greetings and hi there. This is the Head Speaks Podcast, a proud member of the Headcast family. I am your host, Aaron Moss, also known as Brother Head. Welcome to Head Speaks, where I'll be talking about comics, movies, and recent news items that interest me. Basically anything that strikes my fancy. Warning! Warning! This podcast may not be family friendly. Head Speaks may contain adult language, adult content, fantasy violence, and nudity. You have been warned. The young, stupid, and easily offended may not want to listen to this headcast. In other words, parental guidance is more than suggested. Now, before we get started today, let's hear a word from a friend of the show. After these messages, we'll be right back. secret governmental organization operating behind the scenes. Task Force X. Task Force X is an off-the-books government strike team made up of convicts with no hope for release, serving as expendable agents for impossible missions. Succeed, and I'll shave time off your sentences. If we don't. You'll be dead. Any other stupid questions? The Suicide Squad, ran by Amanda Waller. I'm Amanda Waller. I'm here to indoctrinate you convicts into our special forces. And there's Checkmate, ran by Harry Stein. This is the tales of DC Comics, Suicide Squad, and Checkmate. Mostly monthly from Headspeaks. Available on iTunes under Task Force X and under Headcasts over at headspeaks.com. We can also be found on Facebook and Google Plus under Task Force X. Task Force X. Check it out. Or you'll answer to the wall. Nobody screws the wall! And now for... Oh, yeah. A little head. Welcome back, kids. Uh, for the next four episodes of A Little Head, I'm going to talk about my kids. I'm going to dedicate one episode per kid. Uh, just give you a little bit about them so you, so you know where I'm coming from and uh, why I'm insane. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to start with my oldest. His name is Timothy Edward Moss. Uh, my pride and joy... He's 22 years old, but he's still my baby. Uh, he was born January the 24th, 1993. Uh, I was married to his mom, Renee Adair Moss. I remember when I found out that, you know, she went to the doctor. My mom took her to the doctor. And before they got home, because my mom likes to shop, she liked to go out to eat. So it took them a while to get home. Uh, as I was getting ready to go to work, I was working at McDonald's at the time, I got a phone call from the doctor, and the doctor accidentally let it slip that 
she was indeed pregnant with a baby boy. Uh, I know she, Renee was a little disappointed when she got home and found out that Ari knew, but you know, case sera, sera and all that garbage. But anyway, so she was got pregnant. Like I said she was pregnant with uh, Timothy. Uh, Timothy's pregnancy was a high risk. She had high blood pressure. She had, I forget what it's called, placentia, placenta previa or something like that. So for the last half or so, maybe even more of that of her pregnancy, she was on bed rest. Uh, they always, they were afraid they were going to lose her at any time or the baby because she was, you know, such high risk and having such problems. Uh, a couple times, you know, they thought they might have lost the baby, Tim. But uh, then January the 24th, uh, she, again, she wasn't doing very well, so we took her to the doctor. Uh, they said she was in a distress. They got her leveled out, and they said, well, there's not much I can do at this point. You go home, get some rest, come back tomorrow, you know, we'll see how things are going. I went home. I was hanging out with my buddy Dean. We were driving around town in Chowchilla. Uh, she was at the hospital in, Mer in Merced, California, which is about 16 miles away because uh, we didn't have a hospital really in our town. Uh... We were driving around. I got a, a page on my pager. Yes, this is back when we had pagers, kids. Uh, this is back before they invented cell phones. Well, not before they invented cell phones, but cell phones weren't quite around as much. Especially if you're like me, poor. So I had a beeper, pager. So I got a page from my mom. I ran home. She said that the doctor had called and that they were going to have to do an emergency C-section because they were in danger of losing Tim. So me and Dean flew to Merced. And by the time I got up there, Tim was born. Uh, and when he was born, he was 3 pounds, 9 ounces, uh, which was odd because I was 9 pounds, 3 ounces. So he was like the exact opposite of me. He was a small little thing. I could hold him in my, the palm of my hand almost. Uh, there were things were hit and miss for a little while there. Uh, they kept him on monitors. They really watched him. And within a short period of time, he started gaining weight pretty good. And within a week or two, if I remember right, again, it's been 20-some-odd years. So uh, but within a week or so, he was able to come home, uh, maybe two weeks. When Tim was born, I was 23 years old. I had just turned that a month before that. And, again, I was a proud father. I, I loved my kid. I know when Re Renee was pregnant with him, I was talking to people, and, you know, people was like, what are you going to call him? Oh, we're Michelle's leaning, or Michelle, sorry about that. Renee's leaning towards Tim. And like, oh, don't you name him after you? Call him a junior. I'm like, no. I'm not going to saddle my poor baby with Melvin Aaron Moss Jr. Bad enough I had to grow up being Melvin Aaron. Again, Aaron's not a bad name, but Melvin, yeah, I'm not sticking that with my poor kid. So, his mom, Renee, named him Tim Edward Moss. Uh, Tim, I believe, was after a friend of hers or something, and Edward was after her br brother's middle name, if I remember right. This also happened to be my uncle's middle name, whose first name happened to be Melvin. <laughs> Tim was a good baby. I mean, he had an unremarkable childhood. He took to the bottle. He liked the pacifier. He really loved his pacifier. I know when he was, uh, oh Lord, he was less than a year old. Uh, we lived in some apartments there in Chowchilla. And I had a chair that was broke. The back was broke. So I had it leaning up against a uh, one of those wall heaters in the summertime, of course. You know. I had to walk against the wall heater to help keep it propped up and keep it from breaking even more. And I'd put him in my lap, and he'd be, he'd be, he would like to crawl up my chest, crawl over my face, and start to try to crawl up the wall here. It was funny. Almost every time I sat down there, Sat down there and hold him. He tried to crawl that wall heater. Uh, he's a little crawler. Uh, but Tim had a pretty, a pretty unremarkable childhood. Uh, he was loved by his parents, his grandparents. Uh, his grandmother spoiled him. 
uh, his grand his great grandfather, my grandfather on my mother's side, his name was Oscar Ehrengeip. Uh, my grandfather loved Tim to death. Tim was his little man. Uh, when Tim wasn't at home, when he was a baby, uh, he was over at my grandparents. Uh, my grandpa was always, "Can Tim come over?" My grandma called, "Aaron, can you can you can can uh, we pick up Timothy to come over for a little while?" He'd stay the night with my grandfather, and I mean I'm talking when he was a baby, because my grandfather passed away in 1995 when Tim was only like two three years old. So. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, my grandfather doted on that little boy. In fact, my grandfather always wore coveralls. And as I said just a few minutes ago, Timothy loved his pacifier as a baby. And he'd have a ha habit of losing them. Uh, he'd get on my grandfather's bed, get the one had like a, a metal frame, and he'd start banging against the wall, and he'd start laughing, he'd drop his pacifier behind the bed. Uh, so my grandfather got to carrying a pacifier around in his uh, bib overalls, the little bib part of it, the, the little pocket in the front. So he always had a bib, or I'm sorry, a pacifier in his overhauls. In fact, when he passed away in 1995, when we buried him, uh, we pet a little pet one of Tim's pacifiers in the bib overalls. I think I'm saying the right word, bib overalls. Uh, but yeah, since he always had one, we buried him with one. Uh, but yeah, Tim was very good at losing his pacifiers, and if he didn't have it, he'd start fussing and whining. Uh, but he got to the point where he started asking for it. Uh, we that got to the point where we said, you know what, We're, you're done with him. So we finally weaned him off of that. Uh, when he won his pacifier, when he first, you know, we refer to it as a fi-fi. It was always Tim's fi-fi. Uh, <laughs> but, like I said, he had a, a remarkable childhood. I mean, uh, for the most part. Like, he, his great-grandfather, who loved him to death, he passed away when Tim was, uh, I think he had just turned three. No, he was just a little over two. Tim was just a little over two when his grandfather, his great-grandfather passed away. And again, he was really too young. He didn't really didn't re realize what was happening. Uh, after that, we moved in. Me and uh, Renee and the boys moved in with my grandmother and uncle to help out. Cause my grandmother was in bed, in bed all the time. She offered for her to move. We thought we was going to lose her for a while before that because she was bad off. So me and the family moved in to help out. One thing led to another, and uh, within a couple months, within six months or so, me and Renee split up. Uh, that's a story for another podcast. And I ended up with full custody of the boys. So even though he lost his great-grandfather, his mother left. Uh, and then when he was, uh, I was, that's where I was going with this, when he was in fifth grade, so it was like 2000, actually, let's go back a couple of steps. Uh, end of 99, 2000, somewhere in there. Is it end of 99 or end of 2000? Uh, Timothy had what's called an AVM. Alternus malformation venous I forget the exact wording right now but it's an AVM basically it's like it's like a uh, the blood vessels in his brain started leaking and it caused him to pass out and uh, at the time I was with a girlfriend up at her house up in uh, the Bay Area so he was home with my uncle so my uncle had the neighbor because my uncle wasn't driving at the time my, my uncle had the neighbor uh, Susie Woods took my mom and Timothy to the uh, Madeira Hospital, and from there they took him to Valley Children's Hospital. In the meantime, uh, Melvin had paged me. Yes, God damn it, I still had a pager. Uh, he paged me, I called, he told me, you know, what was happening. So I jumped in my car and I flew back home. I got back to Chowchilla, find out what was going on before I went to the hospital. And they said, well, they took him to Valley Children's. They said, before you go, though, pick up your buddy Dean, because 
Dean Hurd wanted to go with you. Uh, again, Dean was my best friend. I've talked about him before. I'll talk about him again. Uh, but he's been there with me through thick and thin. So I picked up Dean at his house, and we flew to Madeira, or sorry, Fresno, Valley Children's Hospital. Actually, it's in Madeira. I think it's in Fresno. It's in that area, between Madeira and Fresno, uh, California. And again, if you're in the area, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you know what the hell I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. Uh, but we got up there, and they had to do an emergency uh, operation on his brain to cauterize the blood, the, the veins. It was bleeding. And again, it was hit and miss for a while there. So you know, they shaved his head down, cut his skull open, and went in and did the surgery. And he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And then they had doing. They found it leaking again, or another one leaking. So they had to go back in and, and cut it again, and cauterize the uh, the bleeding veins. Uh, so he was in the hospital for I want to say a couple of months, which actually wasn't too bad considering he had to have his brain operated on. For the most, I mean, they had to go in, do a skull, and, and cauterize some leaking blood vessels. Uh, talk about, you know, besides when my brother died, I've spoken off previously. I don't think, I'd, to that point, I'd ever been so scared in my life of losing somebody. Because, uh, yeah, it was hit and miss for a while there. But he, he started getting better. Uh, he couldn't walk for a while, so he had him in a motorized wheelchair at the hospital. The entire time he was there, my mom stayed with him. They're like, uh... Sherry, you should go home and get some rest. And she's like, no, screw you guys. I'm not going home till my grandson goes home. You guys have to kick me out of here or let him go, you know. So she stayed at the hospital because I couldn't because I was working. I had Steve to take care of. I could, you know, and she wasn't working or anything. So she stayed at the hospital the entire time Tim was there. Uh, I think whoever uh, smiles down upon fat men, that she was there to help watch out for him. Uh, just because it was comforting to know my mom was there. While he was there, again, he had to learn to speak again, had to learn how to walk. Uh, it was a strange time for him. I remember <laughs> we gave him a, I think it was one of his teachers, gave him a little Pikachu because he liked uh, Pokemon at the time. Gave him a little Pikachu and he'd hold it in his hand, he'd kiss the top of his head. He kissed the top of that damn thing's head so much, it had like a worn spot on it. <laughs> or it was worn out. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, as I say, Around Christmas time, we were able to bring him home for, like, the day. We had a day pass because he was doing good, so we brought him home for the day. And then in January of the next year, 2001, I believe it was, uh, he was good enough so we could bring him home. So my mom finally got to come home. Uh, but up to that point, he had a pretty normal child, I guess. I'm saying. And then after that, he, he was still, he did really, really good after that. In school, he did really good. He was, did good at rating. He was always good at math. Uh, after the surgery, uh, I say he started putting on a little bit more weight. Uh, he was a little more emotional after that. I don't know how much of it was just because he was growing up and how much of it was had to do with the, the surgery and the, the trauma he, he went through. But overall, he, you know... Besides all of that, after that point, he had a relatively unremarkable childhood. Uh, like I said, we lived with my uncle until uh, 2004 when I moved, me and my uh, then-girlfriend, Michelle uh, Plum Hudson Pitts, whatever you want to call her, we moved in together, uh, and uh, then within the next year we were married. So Tim had a new stepmom. He had a stepmom, a new mom. <laughs> and like I say, maybe she may be a stepmom, but as far as she's concerned, both her and Steve are her boys. Uh, she loves them just like her. He was 
they were hers, even if they're not blood, she, she thinks they are. You know, she acts like they are. Even though they irritate the hell out of her sometimes, and, you know, they may piss her off. Hell, they, they're my flesh and blood. They piss me off sometimes. So, but yeah, no, she, she's been a good mom to him. Uh, but Tim, yeah, so, you know, we lived in Chowchilla. He went to school at the Chowchilla schools like I did growing up. And then in 2008, I want to say, we moved to Merced. Sorry, try that again. We moved to Fresno, California. Yeah, it was Fresno. And, uh, but we were close enough to the school district that they were able to go to school in Sanger. Because the Fresno school sucks balls. Uh, it's big, too many drugs, gangs, all that crap. So, where we moved to, we were able to get them into a uh, better school here in Sanger, where we're currently living. And so, yeah, he went to 8th grade and his high school years. No, I'm lying to you. He just went to high school year. Yeah, when we moved to Fresno, he was getting ready to start high school. So he went to high school, all four years of high school, and Sanger. And again, did really good in school. Uh, was in the shop, uh, wood shop, building things. Uh, he was in the debate team. Uh, he, he seemed to enjoy it. And then he got out of school and didn't really want to go to college. I mean, his mom kept, you know, pest, pestering him, bugging him, telling me that you need to do something, either get a job, go to school. That next year, I was working, uh, 2000. 11, it was, I think it was, I was working at a place called Palm Wonderful in Del Rey. In fact, that year was the first year that I was the supervisor in charge of the entire uh, scale house where I'd worked the previous year. So I was able to get Tim on there working with me. And not for nothing, but he did a damn good job. He was hustling. He did what he's supposed to. Him and my buddy John I got on there at the same time were the best workers I had there. For the most part, everyone else gave me some sort of problem. Uh, they either whining about things, not wanting to do the work. Uh, there was one or two of people that was decent workers, but Tim and John were the best workers I had that year. And then, uh, let me see, the season ended in January or so, and then February, I think it was February, uh, I was let go by then because, it was, again, it was a seasonal job. Again, me and the wife was on Tim, you know, you either need to get a job go to school. You need to do something with your life, son. I don't want you to, you know, be a bum. One day, I woke up on a Saturday, and him and his brother was gone. I'm like, well, maybe they went with their grandfather. They were known to do that. They take off with, I say their grandfather. It's my wife's stepfather, which is, again, he treats them like he was, the boys are his grandkids. So, but just for the sake of accuracy and story completion, uh, he went, we thought maybe they went with, my grand, with their grandfather somewhere. So, later in the day, we got a hold of his grandfather, I said a little bit later, it wasn't much longer. It was right after we found out they were gone. We made a phone call, a couple phone calls, found out they weren't with them. Looked around the room, found that a few of their things were gone. So we realized what happened. They got pissed off and took off, both him and Steve. Uh, it was a couple of days later I found out that they were in Chowchilla. Uh, they were hanging out at my uncle's house. And, yeah, he just got mad that, you know, what it was that night before... Uh, me and the wife had to go to Fresno to do some stuff, and I told the boys, well, I want you guys, to, there's some holes in the side of the fence where the dogs are digging up. I want you to fill the hole in, holes in, and I want the dishes done before I get home. I got home, they hadn't done anything. They were too busy playing on their computer, playing uh, WoW or something, I forget what it was now. But they're playing on their computer, watching TV. They didn't get anything done. So I told them, you know what, since you guys can't do what I asked for this weekend, you're grounded. I took their TV card out, I took their internet out. 
You guys don't need the internet or TV if you can't do, you know, a couple little jobs from around the house. And that's what set them off, so they both took off. Uh, Steve came home sooner than Tim did. Tim, like my mother, like his mother, is a bit of a hardhead. His pride gets in the way. That's my opinion on it, anyways. I think his pride got in the way. Uh, but he finally, you know, we finally got talking. We finally, you know, kind of worked things out a little bit. And uh, he still was living in Chowchilla with my uncle, hanging out with my friend uh, Dean that I mentioned previously, hanging out at Dean's house all the time. I have to know this right entirely. But just here recently, uh, again, he's still not working. He's not going to school right now. He, he does have his license, so he's playing chauffeur from a buddy Dean who doesn't have his license. Again, another story. Uh, but he's playing chauffeur for Dean and the fa his family. So he stays part of the week at my uncle's house, part of the week at Dean's house, playing chauffeur for them. And I think he just got tired of it, and so he's finally decided he wanted to come home. He sees his brother's back home, his brother's working, his brother's got money to do things, he's bought his brother bought a car, which, again, I'll get into probably next week, or next next week. Like, I'm going to do this a weekly. Uh, next episode, anyways. So he realizes that, you know what, being chauffeur, not getting paid for it, and, you know, getting off the government and stuff, is not really the way to go. So he's talked with my wife, and they work things out between them, because they had some problems between them. I mean, they, he was hard, he's hard-headed. She's very, you know, unmovable on things. So, uh, but they worked things out, and he talked to her, and he decided he wanted to come home. So at this point, we're in the process of getting ready to build a, an addition in our garage, a little room for him. Because right now we're in a three-bedroom house, and there's a total of one, two, three, four, five of us here. Am I counting right? No, there's six of us. Yeah, there's six of us. Me, the wife, Steve, Alexis, Grayson, and now Tim's going to be moving home. So there's six of us in a three-bedroom house. Alexis has a room. Steve has his room. Me and the wife have a room, and Grayson's sharing our room right now. So instead of forcing him and his brother, who are both adults in the same room, we're gonna me and my father-in-law and Tim and whoever I get to help me is gonna build a little room out in the garage for Tim. And then once both the boys move out, uh, uh, Grayson will get his own room, and I will uh, get me a manland finally again. <laughs> but anyways, that's where we're at with Tim. So he likes he's 23. Uh, he's just recently moved home, looking for a job, looking to get back, looking to get into school. But for all his problems, all the bad choices he may have made, uh, I'm proud of him. He's a good man. He helps me around the house, especially with Grayson. He'll watch the offers to help watch Grayson. He's really good. And I, I keep I tell him, you know, one of these days, once he finds himself the right woman and settles down, he's going to make someone a good daddy. Because he's really good with his brother. He's really good with his sister, even though she does get on his nerves. And she knows how to push those buttons because, you know, she's a girl. That's what they do. But no, overall, Tim, Tim's a good man. He's doing a good job, and uh, I'm proud of him. And I love my sons, all of them very much, especially Tim. I love you. Uh, you're my baby boy, even though you're like, say, you're 22 years old. But anyways, that, that's my son, Timothy Edward Moss. Uh, hold still for the next segment after these messages. We'll return after these messages. Aquaman and Firestorm Fighting crime together Soak them down or burn them up No one does it better Whenever you find trouble They'll always be there To catch them in a bubble Or even torch their hair Stand for truth and justice 
Fire and Water Podcast. Celebrating Aquaman, King of the Seven Seas, and Firestorm, the Nuclear Man. Available weekly on Aquaman Trine, Firestorm Van, and on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, here to talk about Firestorm. Along with me is my co-host, Rob Kelly, here to talk about some guy that talks to fish. Really? You're going to pull this crap during the promo? Bad enough, I have to put up with your shenanigans every week, but... Welcome back. And now it's time for... On the mark, get set. We're riding on the internet. For porn. I got a fast connection so I don't have to wait. For porn. What? There's always some new site. For porn. I browse all day and night. For porn. It's like I'm surfing at the speed of light. For porn. <laughs> Internet porn, Roman orgy scenes. Internet porn, dominatrix queens. Internet porn, girl on girl on girl on girl on girl on guy on sheep. You're going surfing on the internet. Where is head going? For this episode of Where Head's Going, we're going to make a slight change. Uh, it's still going to be Where Head's Going. I may change the title, maybe. may change the intro song. I haven't decided yet. But instead of just... Normally, I do websites and blogs. Instead of that, I'm going to open this up a little bit more. And I'm also going to start talking about some podcasts I listen to. Because honestly, between the, the podcasts I'm doing, reading my comics, trying to get my TV shows watched, I don't go to too many websites between, besides FARC and Facebook. Uh, maybe I'll link to comicbook.com once in a while, but I don't really get on the internet very much. And none of you people out there are sending me ideas. So I want to open this up a little bit more, give me a little more talk about. I'm going to start doing uh, podcasts I listen to. Uh, so the, for the first podcast I'm going to recommend, I'm going to talk about briefly. And again, it won't be a long time. It'll just be a brief talk. Uh, the first podcast, and I'm going to say the most important one to me, is Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. That's right. It's a Kevin Smith podcast. It's called Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Uh, they are currently on episode 165. And what this what this podcast does is basically, uh, as Kevin Smith says, it's an intervention podcast. Uh, for years, Jay was on all sorts of drugs. If you could smoke it, shoot it, snort it, whatever, he was doing it. Uh, and like Kevin says, he was you know ruining his life. He was ruining his friend's life. Kevin didn't want to hang out with him anymore. Uh, he'd just get sober. He'd stay sober for a little bit. He'd fall off the wagon and bump his head, and there you go. So uh, eventually, at some point... While he was trying to get sober, uh, they did a podcast, uh, and Jay's like, Hey, Kev, I want, I want to do this more often. I want to do this every day. Well, you can't do this every day, knucklehead. So they ended up doing a weekly podcast, trying to keep him on the straight and narrow. Kevin says he figures that if everyone out there knows Jay's problem, instead of just him and his friends keeping him on the straight and narrow, everyone that knows him, you know, they say, Hey, Jay, how long you been sober? And it kind of helped keep him on the straight and narrow, hopefully, and... uh keep him off drugs, and so far, last I recall, Jay's just over five years sober, uh, in that time, he's got a wife, Jordan something or another, and he's got a little baby girl, Logan, he's also, you know, he's turned his life around, 
besides doing some acting, he's also helped uh, produce, I believe it was, uh, Kevin Smith's movie, uh, what is it, uh, Jane Silent Bob's uh, groovy cartoon movie, which I went and saw, which is why I'm, this is my first one I'm talking about. As I talked about in my premiere episode of Head Speaks, Jay and Silent Bob Gets Old is the reason I'm doing these podcasts today. I'm going to briefly go over this once again. Uh, if you don't want to hear it, just close yours for a minute. Um, back two years ago, just over two years ago, a buddy of mine, Romero, hey Romero, mentioning again, had got a hold of, had bought some tickets for uh, Jay and Silent Bob's groovy cartoon movie, and they were also going to do one of their podcasts after the movie. Uh, shit turned around, he wasn't able to go. He knows I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, he offered them up to me. Being a broke ass mofo, I couldn't go. Uh, my boss at work at the IRS, Sue Sturgeon. Hi, Sue, if you're listening. All right, Jonathan, if you're listening. Uh, again, I knew that Sue was also a big Kevin Smith fan because, you know, again, she was my boss. We would talk at work. She was into comic book stuff and Star Wars and Kevin Smith. So I thought, hey, Sue, I got a buddy has got a couple of tickets, like four tickets for the uh, groovy cartoon movie. You, you want to go? She ended up buying the tickets with me acting as the intermediary. The middleman. Uh, so it was her, her husband, Jonathan, and their son uh, was planning on going. And we was talking one day at work. She's like, well, what didn't you want to go? I'm like, I ain't got the money right now. I got the, you know, I'd say time. I got time. I just ain't got the money for, you know, to buy the tickets, the gas, everything right now. Things are tight. She's like, oh, well, I've got an extra ticket if you want it. If you want to go along with this, I mean, it's not, you're not going to be out of, any pocket, out of pocket anything. You want to go along with this? Oh, hell yeah. So, I went and watched the groovy cartoon movie with Sue, her husband Jonathan, and their son. Uh, we went and watched the groovy cartoon movie. It was fantastic. And then after the movie, they did a Q&A. And as part of the Q&A, they did their uh, Jay and Silent Bob Gets Old podcast. So uh, during the podcast, as Kevin's been wanting to do for the last several years, uh, Kevin's got this big thing before he would tell everyone to go out and make a movie. Because, again, that's what he did. He went out and made a movie, and that's how he became famous. He'd tell people, go out and make a movie. Uh, it's harder to make a movie nowadays. Oh, no, it's harder, per se, because technology is probably actually easier. But Kevin's moved on to telling everyone to go out and do a podcast. It's free. Right now, there's no one stopping you. Uh, it's cheap or relatively free. Go out, and everyone should do a podcast. He's like, in fact, you guys have a homework assignment. One year from today, you have to make do your own podcast. Well... As related to my very first episode, it took me almost that full year to come up with the idea and, and get time to do it and all that. But I finally came out with, well, the very show you're listening to, Head Speaks. And the next month, not to be outdone by myself, I released Task Force X. So currently I've got two podcasts running, and both of them are due to Kevin Smith giving us that homework assignment back on, I think it was episode 123 of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. In fact, soon I'm working on a, a third podcast, G.I. Joe, A Real American Headcast, where I talk about G.I. Joe, a real American hero comic book from Marvel, and currently IDW Comics. So, but that's enough about me right now. I'm talking about Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. That's the podcast I'm talking about this month, is Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Uh, and basically, uh, back to the podcast real quick... When they're in front of a live audience, they do a Q&A. Otherwise, they sit around and 
basically it's just uh, they do a little bullshitting. Jay, sell, Jay tells him a dirty sex story about before he got clean because he did some nasty shit before he got clean. Uh, Jay does, okay, and they find out how long he's been sober and then they play some games. Well, one game. It's called, as Jay says it, Let Us Fuck. And basically, they pick three people from the audience and they pantomime sexual situations. And it's not ordinary stuff like missionary or doggy style. They do things like, well, the example they always use is the Ewok cock block. And Jay and one of the people at a time go back. They talk about the sexual position. They come out and they demonstrate it. It's non-penetrative. It's not a Gallagher show. No one's getting uh, seminal fluid on them. But anyways, that's the show. It's uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Again, at times it's a good show. Other times, eh, not too bad. But overall, I recommend it. Uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, but that's this week's Where's Head Going? Or What's Head Listening To? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and you know what? This is going to be a shorter episode this week. Only half an hour or so. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, before we go, a little housekeeping. First of all, I would love to do an episode of uh, What's in Head's Mailbox. But you fools ain't writing in. You guys need to write in, and I, I'll read your letters on the air. So what I'm going to do right now is a little housekeeping. I am going to uh, comment and recommend uh, a good friend of the show. Uh, well, I'm calling him a good friend of the show. John Ostender has a Kickstarter for his Cross project. It's ending soon, the next day or so. Uh, it's Cross, K-R-O-S. It's a vampire-type story he's doing. Um... I was looking on Head Speaks, but I've actually got the recent link on Task Force X. But on uh, Head Speaks, I do have a link for it. Definitely check out, I'm saying Head Speaks and, Head, and Task Force X, like you know what I'm talking about, on Facebook. Check out both the uh, Head Speaks and the Task Force X pages. I've got links to both, to John Oshinger's, uh Cross Project, that's K-R-O-S. Uh, who is John Oshinger and why am I promoting his stuff? Well... If you're not familiar with the Task Force X podcast I do, John Ostinger wrote Suicide Squad, which is one of the books I review on my monthly podcast. So definitely check it out. Also, I'm going to uh, mention some Facebook likes and comments I've had. I'm not reading the comments. I'm just going to post, read off people's names that either liked or shared or commented on in the page for Head Speaks. Uh, there's Firestorm Fan, Gene Hendricks, the DC Comics Presents show, and a buddy, M. Anthony Gerardo, I call him Mag, uh, from over on the Unite DC Comics Project. He shared a link I'd posted on there. Uh, so, hi guys. Thanks for the shares and the likes and all that. Um, definitely check out my Facebook page. Uh, uh, send us an email. I'm definitely hearing from you guys. Uh, if you want to hear more of me, uh, we'll definitely listen to my shows. Uh, come back next month for another episode of Head Speaks. I just released a, the 12th episode of Task Force X, where I review the Firestorm issue uh, 64, annual number 5, where the Suicide Squad shows up. And then I reviewed Suicide Squad number 4. And uh, I'm sorry, I almost forgot. When I talked about the Firestorm issues, I had a special guest star, the irredeemable Shag, showed up. 
Uh, sorry, I can't do it quite as well as he does, but uh, Irredeemable Shag showed up and talked about him with me. And then after I talked about Suicide Squad number four, I had another special guest star, my buddy Ryan Daly, popped on over, and we talked about the Suicide Squad trailer. Uh, so that just was just released this last week. Definitely check out the one-year anniversary episode. I'll be here next month for our 14th episode, where on a little head, I'll talk about Stephen Moss, my uh, second son. Uh, I'll give you another podcast I listen to and talk about it. And who knows? Tune in and find out what I talk about. Also, uh, just recently released is a podcast called Comic Book Fight Club. Again, that's Comic Book Fight Club, where I show up as a special guest because one of their main battles, other the main battle, is the A Team versus the Suicide Squad. So of course they had me on there. Uh, they also had GI Joe versus Shield and a few others. Definitely check out that podcast. I think it's great. The hosts are wacky and insane guys. Again, it's not always a much like Head Speaks. It's not a podcast, even though it's talking about for comic books. It's not a podcast made for kids. So young ears maybe want to be careful. Uh, also coming out in the next month, month and a half, I will be showing up on the Secret Origins podcast done by my buddy Ryan Daly, where we talk about the Secret Origins issue number 14, covering the secret origin of the Suicide Squad. Uh, definitely check out that podcast. Even the ones I'm not on, check it out. It's a great show. But I will be on there probably in about six weeks, if my math's correct. Uh, again, if you want to hear your voice on the air, send me an MP3 to head at headspeaks.com, and I'll play your voice, your MP3, what you want to say on the air. Send me an email. Uh, send me Facebook. Send me, I'm on Google+. I don't want to beg you guys, but I will if I have to. Please, oh, please send me an email. Sorry, that's all the begging I can do. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, guys. And anyways, until next month, I am Aaron Moss, a.k.a. Brotherhead, and Head has spoken. I like that tag on. Start using that. Oh, I almost forgot. The song for today is, uh, couldn't really think of anything, so I just grabbed Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne. Again, it's a, a pretty good song called Stacy's Mom by the group called Fountains of Wayne. A really cool video. Really good song. After the credits, stay tuned for uh, Stacy's Mom. And I guess until next month, Head has spoken. What a blast, kid. We shall have good fun while it lasted. Hung out with friends and hit the skins. Next week we're gonna do it again. Thank you for listening to another great episode of Head Speaks. Be sure to look for me on the web. I can be found rambling on my Task Force X headcast, where I cover all the appearances of the Ostringer Suicide Squad and Kupperberg's Checkmate comic books from the late 80s, early 90s. Both Head Speaks and Task Force X can be found on iTunes and over there on Stitcher Radio. My home on the inner tubes is my official website, headspeaks.com. H-E-A-D-S-P-E-A-K-S dot C-O-M. Links to my blog, which contain follow-up information to this and every headcast, can be found there. I'm also over on Facebook at Head Speaks. 
the community, not the page. That's somebody else. On Google+, look for Head Speaks. Please feel free to email me your bitches, moans, and gripes to headspeaks at headspeaks.com. Also, feel free to email any compliments you have also. And if you want to be heard on Head Speaks, you can go ahead and record a message, and you can send it to me at head at headspeaks.com, and I'll play it on the air. Be sure to join us here next time for another fun-filled headcast from your friendly neighborhood brotherhead. And hey, be sure to tell a friend. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny pages. Your dad won't doubt your mom could use a guy like me Stacy's mom